This is Shaka Ward Speak. All right. Welcome to Shaka Ward Speak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, and uh, we're going to talk today about art. <laughs> art <laughs> today. It? Welcome. We're going to talk about art today. And aren't so, you glad you're joined? <laughs> aren't you glad you're joining us? So much more credibility if you had a, a yeah. an accent other than my California accent. Yeah, I think we'd be in the wrong sets of like yeah, the you, art world. Your though. Mississippi accent and my California accent. Is that <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. totally what it is. That's what it is. That, I don't know if you've heard Mississippi accents, but that's what they sound like. Yeah, it's so when on. it comes out, I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello, I'm sorry. <laughs> just that's dipping just back my, into the deep south, <laughs> dipping into my deep south roots, <laughs> Southern California. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Um, so we're doing a rethink on um, spatiality. Which, nice. whenever I think of that, I actually do think of Ben Kenobi when he says in the discredited prequels, Siths are my speciality. Because <laughs> uh, it sounds like he's nearly saying spatiality. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, so yeah, we're talking about spatiality in, in, or space, in, not in the um, Captain Kirk sense, but in the sense yeah, of that, objects that and totally space. totally wasn't where my mind was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> in this t- time, these are the final frontiers. But yeah, this is... This is Dr. Snacks Mill sitting across from me, actually. And What's I'm up? Ryan Leterio. Yep, as um, always. Yeah. So we're, we are who we are. We, we haven't <laughs> changed yet. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Or not. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> um, one can hope. <laughs> so we are going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, we, we often think of art as, um, well, I, you know, I think everybody has their, their drifts, but when you think about the arts, yeah. you think about design, um, you think about design, it has a certain connotation, certain uh assumptions not mm-hmm. bad just just what we do right you know not not saying it's bad at all and then you even even when you're looking at the arts we we you could you could think of it as painting someone else can say well hey I, i'm a sculptor i think about that or i think about installation i think <sighs> in a interdisciplinary way i think in yeah. a multimedia kind of way and so in all of that um there is the uh way in which you know we're interacting with space and one of the big ideas that we had from a previous episode that we'll try to squeeze in a little bit is that objects uh, affect space uh-huh. um, yeah. in this. So talking about space, but also talking about objects in space and thinking about um, the way, cause there's the, you know, in a painting, there's the inscape of the painting. That is the, the, the way in which something is composed. And then, and then, and then there are the mechanics and the dynamics and the effects that follow from um, whatever the specifics are of that all happening somewhat internal to the work. Um, and then there's whatever that in total does to its surroundings and paintings are by definition objects. They don't, they don't yeah. lose object status because they purport a window or illusionistic depth or, 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 you know, atmospheric depth or, or what have you. So, so it's true of paintings as objects, but it's also then true of sculpture. It's also true of furniture. Um, it's true of, uh, decorative forms of art, which I don't mean in a cheap and shallow way. I mean, in a serious way. Uh-huh. Um, and so when we talk about space and objects, um, I think it's worth kicking it around a little bit. Um, yeah, just like exactly what, what is going on there. My favorite example, maybe just to kind of, kind of spin us off in a direction is, um, being a kid who's prone to making messes and, um, making piles of clothes everywhere, you know, just, just, uh, that kind of kid kind of messy and my mom coming in and, and, um. I had the kind of parent that didn't let me clean my room, kind of did it for me, but not because she was babying me. It's just because she didn't think I could do it well enough. My mom was a master at cleaning and organizing things nice. like in an extreme way. It was brutal. Um, 
So, but there, there was the effect of, you know, the pile of clothes disappearing and all of a sudden I could breathe again. And it wasn't just because the pile of the clothes was foul or smelled bad. It, yeah, like yeah. there was a volume that emerged out of the gathering of the, uh, the pile. And, you know, when we say volume, what I mean is, is um, if we assume volume, then you're, you're assuming something about that which fills a space. Mm-hmm. And, and that assumes a kind of container. Um, and so whatever, whatever is containing space or uh, defining it um, has the potential to be filled in some kind of way. So there's effects that can fill a space that emerge from an object or the loose conglomeration of objects. And um, what's up for grabs is one of those effects, you know. So anyhow, I just know that for sure, repeatedly living in that experience all the way up into adulthood and being like, gosh, when I finally subdue the piles, I actually don't feel as oppressed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think... You know, something we talked about earlier, but the um, one of the places, one of the bad spots we can land in with space is to operate off the assumption that um, an empty space is void of anything. Right. That, um, you know, if you look at a blank wall, uh, a blank canvas, a blank whatever, um, that it's just nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's not nothing. It's just a much more specific grouping of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe to a sense where like our... Uh, our value propositions for how spaces are, things look, uh, don't allow that to have really any sort of value to us mm-hmm. beyond it just existing. Um, and I think that's a hard thing because then you start to, you know, if you, if you start with an assumption there, then you start to compound problems on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think about this in, term of, in terms of design. If I take a blank open document in InDesign or Illustrator and I just take that as nothing, then I'm not, then what I've already done is I've negated surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've negated a lot of things. So when my objects start to fill that page, whatever they are, then in my mind, they're only interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. The objects are only interacting. They're not interacting with the actual possibly physical thing that will be coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something I saw in early design courses when I was teaching intro design for students is they would say, oh, this is this it all works so well. They print it out and it would fall on its face mm-hmm. and i was like yeah because once you introduce the thing that you've been ignoring mm-hmm. to the situation once the objects actually exist in space they don't work anymore mm-hmm. they look fine on your computer because the surface can be nullified in some ways right but once that space that you thought was nothing becomes an actual thing that holds that upholds all of that mm-hmm. now it doesn't work yeah. Plus the, 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 um, and this kind of comes back this, this definitely, you know, if you're listening to this episode, it definitely links up with the rethink the world Oh yeah, episode. Cause that's, that's kind of macro. Maybe we're just being a little more micro about it. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm I think at the, at the heart of it, like I, th- I think part of my, um, understanding of like objects in space is, is that idea from that episode of just a physicality. Mm-hmm. These things are, they have effect. They, yeah. they are yeah, there, yeah, yeah. they exist. And also there's the, there's what, to your point about value. So like there's what we assume is valueless. So that's kind of the flaw in a lot of times in the, the, the thinking of the painter as a painter myself, mm-hmm. um, is it, you can you can neglect to take serious the fact that you've constructed a canvas or a panel a wood panel with gesso and um and that it's suspended by nails or screws and wire or not or uh, a cleat or not already it's um it's dependent mm-hmm. it's interdependent it's dependent you know it's wood glue 
like it seems dumb, but when we act like those aren't, when we suspend um, our awareness of that, we act as though we don't know and that everything only kicks off with what we've painted. We're playing a game of make-believe at that point. Uh, and, yeah. and that make-believe undermines an actual truer magic uh, that is accounted for in the, the uh, physics and the, or the physicality of the, of the work. Yeah. Down to the fact that it's actually hung on a wall. Man, That's, if, if yeah. y'all like just pause, go back 15 seconds and then write that down. I feel like that's one of those, those, one, those killer quotes right there. Yeah. Thank you. I um, really do. Cause I was like, man, yeah, true or magic. Like what a phrase. Um, yeah, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that true or magic is, uh, beckoning to us and we're, we're ignorant to it. Yeah. And so then we're arrogant about the little part that we're, we are doing <laughs> and we're not, um, sensitive to the, the totality of the context. If we are, not everybody. I mean, it just it's a potential for it. Yeah, I think it's, it's just it's, it's the kind of uh, yeah. the potential lean yeah. always. So it's analogous to someone coming into a space and saying it's empty. Well, it's yeah. empty as far as it pertains to the kinds of things you're accustomed to seeing in there. <laughs> but if you start with what it is doing, like um, I for years would do uh, intro to critique in my class would be that you come into the room yeah. with all the furniture out and we critique the room, the, these gray wall, I mean, sorry, great, great concrete floors, big white walls. I mean, 16 feet walls, foot walls. And, um, we critique it as a installation, a work of art. Yeah. And in the beginning, everybody's like, uh, like, uh, and then, then we start talking about it for what it's doing. And the room goes from empty to being dynamic and alive. And there's nothing, nothing quote unquote in there. And everybody's head spins because they're like, wait, I'm completely disregarding all the stuff you just pointed out that's happening right now. And once you grasp that, then everything else comes more alive because you're situating uh, objects in an environment that is always alive, mm-hmm. you know, that the truer magic thing. So um, you don't lose anything, but it is humbling mm-hmm. and it does put more responsibility on you. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it means that you're, you're accountable for more. You're not ignorant any longer. If you're not ignorant, your knowing creates demands for what you, you might do or not do. Whereas you're not knowing, um, allows you to ignore that. But you know, there's things you can, you can, you can be exerting energy, suppressing what is knowable, mm-hmm. which is in effect denying you the ability to make good things anyways. Yeah. So, totally. so you, you, you may think ignorance or ignoring these things is helping you, but it actually could be that you're like batting a fly in front of your face 24 seven because it's yeah. not going away. It's still operating. I think we can also hear like what you're saying, the idea of like a responsibility. We hear that as like maybe added weight, but I, I always think of responsibility is like added freedom mm-hmm. because what you're getting is you're getting like a more full toolbox, mm-hmm. right? Your more tools are getting put into that toolbox for you to use. Uh, so, so those spaces, like it, an empty space, if you look at it and you say it holds nothing, it'd be nice to at least get you to concede that if it holds one thing, it holds potential. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. at least that. Yeah. And then when you start to unpack that whole box, then it yeah. gets into a like, well, you got, well, what does mm-hmm. that potential mm-hmm. mean? There's so many options. Yeah. There. It holds volume. It holds air. Mm-hmm. It actually, uh, it holds light somehow. Light somehow. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, the walls are holding up themselves in that mm-hmm. sense or supporting each other. Like it's helpful sometimes to be that literalistic because I just don't think that we're, um, I don't think we fully, I think it's every generation's responsibility to kind of, come back up to speed on what's there. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of information is passed down, but I also think every generation has to kind of discover their own encounter with it mm-hmm. or not at all. Yeah. And um, 
because there's you know there's only so many ways there's uh, a value to vicarious knowledge and then there's a value to you know personal possessive knowledge like what i've experienced myself and we live in this in a dance between that we you know if you're listening you're getting something from us that is vicarious to mm-hmm. you from us that is maybe vicarious from us to someone else or um so that starting point um it should it should make you well one of the things i was i wanted to say earlier that i didn't but is um something we read and it was somebody who quoted this that said that uh they postulated that art is always starts from a positive mm-hmm. not a deficit and definitionally mm-hmm. i thought that was interesting because it it's not saying that everything is art but it's saying whatever is starts in a positive right. meaning it has it, it has a positive step to it. Yeah, it's easier to say it's art than it is to say it's not. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all experienced that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in that sense, um, the cultivating or the stewarding, like there's there's real objects holding space gets into um, what kind of objects do you want in the world? Mm-hmm. What do they do? And how much space do they hold? And then, and then by holding space, what are they affecting in the space as far as people and other things like, yeah. and, and, you know, at a small scale, that can be your space, your room, your studio, but it could be the city and it could be, uh, even more than the city it could be urban planning. It could be, um, like when we go to do a public sculpture, mm-hmm. we need to really think about this. Right. We, we, it just can't be, see, it can't merely be a good idea in the head mm-hmm. that has never been tested in the physical. Right. Because then it's an embarrassment, um, in effect, and the make believe goes up higher to compensate for the embarrassment of it, in effect. And I've seen that in public art quite a bit. I think a really good, and it's this isn't public art, but uh, I think you'll see why it connects. One of my favorite uh, stories about this is so Hurricane Katrina rolls through, um, you know, two thousand five, mm. and just wrecks the Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. So the town I grew up in, more or less washed away. Uh, water sits in New Orleans for like three weeks. Everything gets rocked. All right, so we all heard about the Ninth Ward, and it just got just destroyed. Um, well, there were a lot of people with really good intentions and said, hey, there's a space. We see a need. We need to do something with it. And so there's a certain, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, celebrity who's been in a ton of movies who has a bit of an altruistic streak, it seems, um, and he decided to give a ton of money to help build these kind of like um, rebuild these homes. And so he was working with a, a few universities and architecture students. And so they started plopping down these homes. They kind of met certain criteria. Immediately, the residents were like, what are y'all doing? This is horrible. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but we're, we're wanting to build these houses. Good intentions. This and everything else. Yeah. And they're like, but they, they take no account of where they are. Mm-hmm. The, the problem was, I mean, there were people like, yeah, I mean, the house looks nice, but it's not historic. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of house that we would have. It's not the houses that have been here. It doesn't have anything to do with the city. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the space. And so the thing that the assumption was just kind of like, oh, this is, this is a blank canvas. It's just nothing. There's no, there's no yeah. really value structures in this. Um, was filled with an object that has become a joke. Well, it has the, it has the weird ability to blunt out the cultural, cultural seasoning of a place, the marination and the... Mm-hmm the historic layers that accumulate over time is what people do is what we do. And so it can almost function like a reset or a neutralizer or a blunter. Um, and sometimes that's, that's what you see. And I, I, this is no disrespect. I I really am not 
it's what happens sometimes though when you see like uh when i grew up in california there was like i don't see as much here in richmond but in california there's a lot of track homes mm-hmm. where i was living and i lived in for a little like a couple of years I lived in one and so track homes have that kind of generic uh neutral yeah um thing to them and it's hard to you know for some reason it's difficult to allow it takes time for a, a, a culture to authenticate and overgrow that kind of um you know those kinds of physical effects the uh, visual effects the appearances the designs the color palettes um the textures like you know the homes that we remember i think they were stucco i think mm-hmm. um i think um but uh so yeah so you're you know um you take a a place like new orleans or you know all the all the specific yeah places that critique i i mean you know more than i obviously i don't i know very little but i know from a cursory there's a significant rich history that people are yeah. very proud of so and you know like you can see that um so i guess what i'm trying to say here is um without proximity to the effects of the objects the spaces that are that are filled with houses homes artifacts um generic categories can be easily assumed by someone coming into an environment yeah and then for ge- generic expressions and it can create um yeah, like just a blunting effect. Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, if um, <clears throat> some of the favorite students I've ever taught have been in terms of like the ways that they see things and understand um, kind of art in a more holistic, immersive way, um, have been interior design students. Mm. Um, because they, they're like, oh, it's not just about building a structure. It's not just about like, um, you know, making a thing. It's really about organizing a space. So it's a, it's a space of, within the art world that people can ignore Mm -hmm. because you know a well-designed interior is something that you can largely ignore because Mm -hmm. it doesn't get in your way Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's um, well that's like special effects so if it it works well then it 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 affords a kind of uh ease or freedom to to move in the relative expectations of the space Mm -hmm. you know without actually taking notice yeah yeah yeah, I, th- I think I've shared this with you before, but there there's times where the special effects break things down. Um, so there's some jarring things that happened, like with the uh, the um, whatever the re-releases, mm-hmm. the original Star Wars trilogy, some yes. stuff that was added. It's like, oh, it's a little too digital. Yeah, it doesn't really doesn't mesh. Feels yep. out of place. But also, there's that really really terrible Mad Damon movie about the Great Wall of China. Mm. And they're like aliens or monsters. I I got ten minutes into it because there was this one moment where he's like shooting a bow and arrow and he hits one of these monster things in the eye mm-hmm. and the sound effect goes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, done. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it stuck out so much that you couldn't, that I was like, I can't even watch the rest of this. Yeah. Every, Which is okay. Cause it's a terrible movie. Yeah. It's a terrible movie. I mean, every year I've, I've said that because students know, look at, I'm, you know, I'm like, there's a, there's, um, by the way, well, so there's, a, there's effects, mm-hmm. right. And, and so when you're trying to, for years, trying to teach this to students and, and as soon as I say special effects in a movie, and I'm like, when they're good, you don't notice them until later. And everybody's yeah. like, yeah, because now you're sold in the story. You're identifying with the character if that's all good. Um, but when it's bad, it pushes you out from identifying with it. And you have to. So the only way, the only thing you can do is double down in acquiring, quote unquote, the kind of taste for bad aesthetics and bad effects. Um, like Sharknado. where, where These you, good B-movie fans. Yeah, you've trained your yourself into. Um, and. Um, and I would say the most sort of cynical person who loves the irony and of, of liking those kinds of things is only that way because they haven't, they haven't, um, 
seen the alternative, but I suspect if they saw the alternative, they'd be like, that's undeniably good. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that's a, that's their fault. I think it's the fault of, of filmmakers and, and artists a lot of times. And it's funny, a lot of times with visual art, visual art gets a pass. So like, or visual art can suffer for lack of effects. And you'll find artists that are like really keen on acting and uh, music. Like they really have an, an ear and an eye when it comes to those things. They won't tolerate crap when it comes to music, um, musicality or, you know, excellence in music or whatever. You know, like <laughs> it's like a conference where the music's really good and then the visual artists come on and they're terrible. Yeah. And they're sentimental. And it's like all of a sudden they've dropped all their value categories. They're like, <laughs> oh, anybody could be an artist. But you would never say that. You wouldn't let anybody, you wouldn't let me get up on stage and lead your your opening act for your conference <laughs> rocking yeah, yeah. guitar. You wouldn't do that. Well, why? Yeah. Because I'm terrible. Because mm-hmm. I have no business being up there opening up. You, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but, totally. So there's like these uh, drop-offs. <laughs> and then, and I think it comes from, you know, the, the rethink the world stuff. I think it comes from a deficiency on the totality of the world. But I think, you know, to, to hone in on the object thing, um, you know, it's like uh, um, objects can charge intimate spaces. They can, they can activate um, tense spaces. I mean, like the way you place things on a desk before a meeting mm-hmm. can say a lot yeah. and affect a lot. And, and um, th- I mean, this has to do with like f- feng shui or, yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, there's something there. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, I don't think it's um, uh, all mystical and no, no merit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's true of like uh, place setting. Mm-hmm. And um, when you think about um, really excellent, plates established with you know bowls and mugs or cups or in the way all of these objects convene mm-hmm. uh to convene a people um you know i've i've said at tables where there is there is something about the the aesthetic and the form and the objects mm-hmm. that does pull you into the 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 engagement mm-hmm. i've i've said it somewhere it actually does the opposite and then what i'm dealing with is my willingness so maybe in both cases i'm willing you know, to eat. So I, it's no big deal, right? I'm not, not being picky, but it's observable. I'm experiencing it. The question is, do I have a value for that? And so it's more like there's what is good and, and then there's what is best. And I think part of this discussion is about what is best. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I think it's always working with what is best that you have. Um, but it's actually being aware of the fact that the sculptures you make, the objects you make actually have an effect. And yeah. if you don't know that, if you can't discern that, then you're missing out on 50% of what that work is doing at a minimum. And, and, and if you're at a place where you're like, well, I legitimately cannot discern that. It, it mm-hmm. could just be that you're at a point in your career, uh, in that, that career arc where mm-hmm. you just have to make more objects to be in space. Because you can't, I mean, this isn't just a mental exercise, right? Mm-hmm. I can't just sit here and be like, let me envision this space and how does this hold and what is this doing? Like, sometimes you got to make the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you've ever bought a chair and you're like, I love this chair and then you bring it into a room and you're like, where do I, where does it go? Where yeah. does it work? You're already doing it. Where does it with fit? It. Yeah, you're already you know, you're already it. doing this and other things, but you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't have that conversation before the chair. Mm-hmm. So there is, there is a place I think within all this where it's like, you're free to make mistakes in it oh, yeah, for things sure. not to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's no assumption that like you have to get this, you have to have, you have to think so well about it before you start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's it like just, gives I you some sort of like yes. paralysis. Yep. It's just the awareness. It's yeah. like, um, you know, like, like that painting will sit on someone's wall. Sure. Have you created it in a way where it could? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the buoyancy of something entering water. Like mm-hmm. you can test the volume of water affects whatever yeah. the object that goes in the water and vice versa. Um, it's some version of that, but actually in the atmosphere related to light, related to um, color effects, density, um, volume, weight, mass, all of these things. And, you know, it's worth look, looking at those definitions and, and, and then looking at things like and asking descriptive questions like, how heavy is that? How heavy does that look? Yeah. Is there a discrepancy? Because that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I made this thing to be very heavy, but it's actually quite light. Or I made this thing to be very light, but it appears heavy. And so here's this weighted sculpture that actually blows in the wind because I have like a ceiling fan on them. You know, like I'm messing with the phenomena of the, the world we find ourselves in to make this poetic statement or this meaningful encounter, if you will. I mean, it's, I'm being generic because I'm not talking about any, any particular uh, yeah, yeah. sculpture, but um, I think even if even the smartest sculptor or uh, best intellectual thinker um, can still just benefit from a really brass tacks assumption about uh, the effects of, of things on each other um, and really, really acquainting yourself with it. The idea of coining your, acquainting yourself with it intellectually is so that it becomes um, assumptive and enhances your intuitive awareness when you're making. Mm-hmm. It's not so that you overthink it when you're making, but it's yeah, that your yeah. intuition is more enlarged and activated. Because intuition, um, uh, I think, can be cultivated as much as it as it as it's sort of a kind of a capacity thing. Like people mm-hmm. have a latent capacity. I think there's people we say, well, they're more intuitive, and some are, you know, maybe less, uh, or they're more uh, cognitive. These are all capacity mm-hmm. um, aspects to to each individual human. But our, I think there's some elasticity to our capacities. I think there's a, a max point, probably. You, you kind of reach a point where you're like, oh, I can't go much further here. Um, but I don't know how many of us are really pushing the envelope to find that out. So most of us have elasticity to our capacity. And you, so even if you're like, gosh, I hate thinking about stuff, in 10 minutes of thinking about it for you can have a great impact on yeah. the intuitive part of your making. Um, and I think that's the thing that I never want to confuse is um the, the reflecting on it and the making don't have to happen at the same time they yeah. in fact they, they they shouldn't or i don't know if they shouldn't i think there's people that are very deliberate and methodical and they have like assigned every moment as this has to add up to this to this to this to this mm-hmm. and and they make the work that they make um so uh but i think the goal is to become a more dynamic engager by being uh entirely more aware yeah well i think one thing that's uh interesting this is like if if we are having this conversation and trying to convince people about this uh not about space but about materials Mm -hmm. people be like why are you having this conversation Mm -hmm. of course of course um so it really is just kind of saying well you're you're doing this in other spaces yeah yeah when you think about um mediums materials when you're thinking about you know some certain effects Mm -hmm. um whatever it is like um it's just kind of saying like maybe our vocabulary isn't broad enough in mm-hmm. some spaces. And yeah. it's not that we have to now become an expert on space. Yeah, but we no. just have to consider it. Yeah, I think it needs to be considered. I mean, I, I even think it goes so far as to being a little more brazen and daring in your studio practice and going outside. Uh, never assuming that you're limited to the space you have, but actually experimenting seeing your objects outside. Yeah. Seeing how they fall flat against something else. Like, when do they seem charged? When do they, mm-hmm. when do they have the most... Um, activated and not your idea so i mean like your concept you know if you say this is about that well set the 
that part aside and look at the this mm-hmm. and then just say what is it doing like don't don't negate what it's about but set what it's about aside just to see how well the physical manifestation matches what it's about because you'll you'll learn a lot actually it'll help you make i think make things better or under more of your intention um and then the things that are less in your intention will still be in your in your intention in that way because i think sometimes when people want that freedom that comes they they still want a certain kind of thing to happen when someone's like, I'm taking a chance with these materials. Yeah, but you're taking a calculated chance because you've reduced your material choice to the ones you have. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, it's no more, no less than that. And then when you, the, the cause effect of whatever the experiment is with the materials, I wanted to see what these things, what would happen. You had to have an intuitive inkling as to some number of the possible outcomes that are, that are there. So it's less under your control, but it's still completely under your cultivation. So, um, I think it's being experimental like that with the totality of whatever the object is you're making, whether it's a ceramic pots, mugs, sculptures, um, you know, installations, um, mm-hmm. seeing these things in actuality and really sitting on this and getting other eyes on it in that way, not talking about it in terms of like and dislike, but just talking about it in terms of effect. Um, you'll find that you'll make things that take up more volume than you wanted. And so when you put it in the space, it can look like a great work in image, but in actuality, people are feeling um, pressed away by it Mm -hmm. and you won't know why. And it won't be because the idea was bad. It'll be because the space was insufficient because the object was holding too much space. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this happen. I've experienced it myself in a gallery. I've told the story many times. I won't tell it now, but um, you know, or you can, it can be the opposite. It, It can be that there's a scale to the object you've made that mm-hmm. should um, be awesome or overwhelming, if you will. And it's utterly the opposite, it's underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And now you're insisting that there's an, a reverie or an awe that should follow from the scale of the thing, but the way you've composed it is not delivering that volume, that effect. Yeah. Um, the effect that uh, uh, generates the volume that holds the space that affects the viewer. And if you don't have a category for that, then you're quibbling over the content, I, the, the concept, and um, I think I've seen that uh, happen a lot with gallerists mm-hmm. uh, with, um, and with curators and with artists themselves, all three groups not really understanding this and debating over tertiary things when mm-hmm. the answer is more direct and it has to do with that. Uh, I mean, the most wonderful thing, which is like, whoa, uh, um, it's kind of magical. Like this does something that is immaterial, but not like spooky. Yeah, you know, not like spooky. Yeah, I think you know that's the, that's the space. Like, it, it it all comes back to for me um, that we all want um, this kind of um, like we want our work to do things. You know, we don't we don't just want someone to be like, oh, it fits uh, the color scheme in my house. Well, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> but we want it to do something. Right? We have an impact. We want it to 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 actually land with folks. Um, in some way for them to have an experience. And if that's the case, then um, we can't ignore the one thing that everybody's work, regardless of medium or materials, is mm-hmm. going to share, which yeah. is the space. Yeah. And the fact that it will exist in space in some yeah. way. And let me take it, let me just, maybe we can, we can close here. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to go back to the macro, mm-hmm. the earth takes up um, space. Right. Yeah. And there's gas giants and 
it gets scary. But the Earth has an atmosphere yeah. that is permeable, but has gravity, holds us down. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like whatever is um, lesser than the Earth is a part of that reality that reinforces some of that effect. Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is if that's true in a non-scientific way, if that's true of the Earth, it's also true of the objects that we comprise or make from the Earth. And so in lowercase ways, it's, there's an orbit, there's an atmosphere, and, um, and there's a gravity, or there's a, like a, a, a spatial vacuum or not. And we're always messing with this. And the only issue is scale. Yeah. And scale, is, you know, there's the size, right? True size. And then there's our scale humanness. Our human you know, scale is about human in relationship to humans, if, if you will. So there's the scale of the thing. Uh-huh. But um, it, it, it would be weird to not consider this yeah. or deny this when we function on a rock <laughs> that, that is enveloped in, in something like this. Yeah, as we are physical objects taking yes. up space. Taking up space. <laughs> And, and, and maybe like just to super close it is like, and we, we do know there's such a thing as personal space. Yeah, we feel that. And we feel it and we can sometimes interpret it from each other, mm-hmm. which is, this is a whole discussion on like object ontology, which we can probably do another time, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um, and that's why we're getting annoyed when someone doesn't have that awareness. Yeah. Close you, talkers. You, yeah. Close talkers. You entered into my personal space and you seem oblivious to the fact that um, I'm bigger than yeah. my true size. Don't you understand? I'm an object that holds space. Yes. Don't you understand? Yeah. Like when you get in your car, you do it. You subsume oh, yeah. the scale of the car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird. You can start to feel the outer edges of the car a little bit. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes like second nature in some yeah. ways. Super strange. Voltron. So hopefully. <laughs> yeah, Voltron. Yeah, dude. Um, well, hopefully that gets y'all thinking, rethinking. Um, just a little, just a little, little drop of, you know, just a little, uh, a little, a little taste for a the holiday object weekend. Taste for the holiday weekend. So, it's yeah. a holiday weekend. We've been already partying really hard, so that's right. This is what we could muscle out. Um, go, uh, go, go, grill yourselves some some burgers, some veggies, and uh, have a good time. Have a good time, and shout out to all the veterans and people that have served. Uh, yep, appreciate do, you. Yeah, yep. Shout out. Yeah. So as always, like we always like to say, because we mean it. You're a fantastic audience. We love y'all, and we will catch you next time. Peace. I. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle.